Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome once again to Free on the Inside. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis, and you're listening to another great episode of Free on the Inside. We have a podcast that come on each week from the nine, uh, from the 8 o'clock hour to 9. Today we're doing a, a different hour. We're going from uh, 9.30 to 10.30, and we're uh, doing that because we're down at Dallas Life. Dallas Life is a is a shelter for men, women, and families. It's one of the largest shelters in the metroplex area of Dallas, Texas. And we're down here doing our annual luncheon. This is our tenth year down here, and we thank God for this opportunity. We thank God for the uh, for the staff here at Dallas Life Foundation that open their doors up and allow us to come down here once again. We're for a great time this this morning. And you know, we're not saying a great time because whenever you are are you able to uh, minister to the needs of God's people? When were you able to reach the hearts of men and women? Not so much as with the resources, but just to show a love, you know, because our, our tagline on this program and everything that we do is said, help change a life. Oh, man, that's awesome, man. Talking about help change a life. I thank God for someone reaching out to me, man, when I wasn't available to help change my life. And Jesus told Peter that Peter, Peter, Peter. When you're restored, you're to go and strengthen your brother. And we never know in what form or fashion that strength, strengthening comes from or in. It may be just a cup of water. It may be a cookie or a sandwich. It just may be a, a smile. But something may have, something that we as God people have done to change the lives of men and women. Dallas Life Foundation is a great ministry. It has a, it has a drug recovery program, which I mentor men's at. Uh, in the drug recovery program, and uh, I've been to them once a week, and I thank God for them. Not only uh, am I encouraging them, but they encourage me, too, to stick with the program because it's easy to start something and stop. It's, I'm going to say it again. It's easy to start something and then stop, but it takes commitment. Jesus Christ, he was committed. He was committed to, to the salvation of the world. He went to the cross, and guess what? They even challenged him to come down. He just said, no, I don't want to go through that. I'm going to come down. Matter of fact, he even had an a opportunity to talk to his father in heaven. He said, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass as me. But he had a made-up mindset, nevertheless. You know, it, uh, as we do ministry to this form and this fashion, it's a it's a challenge. And Jesus said, made it so plain. He said, that the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Pray to the God of harvest. And I want to thank all the men and women that help support this ministry with uh, with their donations, with their volunteering of their services, with just prayer. Because all those things work out. All those things work. You know, when people say, I don't have anything to offer now, I'm unable to do it. I said, just pray for it. Because that prayer, that prayer, it covers, it, it covers a sin sick soul. That prayer makes a difference in the lives of God's people. So I encourage you to be about our Father's business. I want to give all thanks to uh, Granny Place Ministry for allowing us to continue to do this. Uh, and and we're part of Granny Place Ministry. Granny Place Ministry is a nonprofit ministry uh, striving to meet the needs of our young men and women. We're over and embedded at a couple of the juvenile centers here in the Dallas County area. And so we ask you to uh, be involved in the life of a young person. Help change a life in Jesus' name. Not in my name, not free on the inside ministry, but in Jesus' name, which there is no other name like a name of our Lord and Savior. And I want to thank God for all the friends that help support what we're doing. Uh, you know who you are, and I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but thank you for what you've been doing. 
you know, and looking forward for you coming down here, if not at this setting, but at another one. Because we've been doing this a number of years. We don't know what God have for us tomorrow, but we just taking him just for today. You know, today somebody's life is going to be changed. Somebody's heart is going to be touched by the show of love. We have a great menu that, uh, is this afternoon for lunch. We're serving lunch today, and we're going to have one of our kitchen coordinators who'll come in here and tell us about what's on the menu for today. And so that way it can encourage you. Well, we're located downtown Dallas on 1100 K Street. That's near um, the down. That's in the downtown area. So we ask you to come on out and and be a part of what we're doing. You can always reach out to me at the phone number that's attached to the flyer. But I'm gonna give it to you anyway. That number is our studio number is 310-982-4126. Again, that studio number is 310. 310- Nine eight two forty one twenty six. You two can call in and, and lend your voice to the program. And as we go through the, uh, as we go through our each and every day, you know, doing the best we can, we look around and we see that there are other men and women that seem to be struggling that have lost their way. And we may ponder in our heart, what can I do to help change your life? What can I do to make a difference? You know, we can't do anything apart from God. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. And so I encourage you to pray. go to our Heavenly Father and say, Lord, how would you want me to handle this situation? How can I interject in the lives of someone to help change their life? You know, and don't be overly concerned about things that right in your life. Because let me tell you a little secret. Are you ready? You're never going to get things right in your life on this side of hell. It might be finances. It might be family relationships. It may be sickness or whatever it may be. We're going to always have challenges on this side of heaven. And so I ask you to go beyond your challenge. I ask you to let go and let God. Oh, I love saying that because there's a lot of things I have to let go. You know, this is a morning that I could be home relaxing and just chilling and watching TV or doing some yard work or whatever I choose to do. But I decided to let go of those things and come on out and serve uh, God, people that be a servant you know, a bit of service. Everybody wants to be the number one. Everybody wants to have their name up in life. Everybody wants to be the one that everybody is being drawn to. But I tell you, the well, same thing that John the Baptist said, that I must decrease, that he may increase. Yes, you hear about the ministry. Yes, you see some things that we are doing, but we're, we're, we're just a servant in the hands of the master. I have to decrease and let him increase. And that's why I I take this thing very seriously about what God is doing in my life because I was messed up. I was the subject of what I'm doing now. I was incarcerated. I do jail ministry now, but I was incarcerated. I was homeless and living on the street, but now I have a house that I didn't build. I have a car that I didn't manufacture. God being good to me. And then God tell me, so now what I'm done for you to go do for someone else. And I was, I was challenged by that. I said, God, I can't do nothing for nobody. I can, I'm barely making it myself. He said, I know you are, but I can do all things through you. But I'm going to strengthen you to do these things. So when I go out and do stuff, it ain't me. It's really Christ that dwells in me. I'm just a, a, a chosen vessel at that time. I would say just that time because the spirit of sin and descend on men and women alike passion at various times. You know, a uh, wise Elder told me that we couldn't be full of the Holy Spirit 24-7 that we are burned up, you know, because the work is so great. 
you know, I have a desire to continue to do ministry. When I leave here, I want to go do some more ministry. I fish that. I want to do some more. We'll burn ourselves up. But God knows how to give us comfort and assurance and set us on a good path. So we can have the ups and downs in ministry. We can look back and, and reflect on how good God is. He give us a little break there and refreshes us. And we start all over again. My head goes off to these 24-7 ministries, man. Sometimes I wish I could go 24-7, but I know I, know I would burn up. Because I have that addictive personality. I like stuff. I like people. I like places. I like things. And God's okay with that. But God tell me to do it in moderation. You know, that's the biggest thing right there. That's how that's a key to success in the Christian life is doing it in moderation and let God get the glory out of it. You know, uh, our calling number is 310-982-4126. That's the calling number to the studio. You two can call in and lend your voice to the program. And I want to thank God. I'm going to try to uh, look up some more episodes show that we're done from Dallas Life Foundation. We got uh, an audio clip of one of the program directors that came on, and he talked to us about the uh, facilities and what it has to offer. Uh, you know, Dallas, uh, it, Dallas Life right now has been uh, remodeled. If you was to come down here at this year time, you'll see scaffolding all around the building where they're actually replacing the windows, and they're going to put new sidings on it and they're going to give it a nice uh, appearance on the outside, and then they're going to shift to do the inside. Uh, they did the dining area a few years ago. Oh, my God, it was beautiful. You know, they have the um, uh, uh, cafeteria seating in there. That's a very, uh, uh, some beautiful uh, artwork on the wall. Excuse me. The murals and artworks on the wall, and they got some pictures of some past graduates and stuff there that they're honoring, and they carried other men and women that they can be successful. You know, and I see other people being successful and stuff. It gives me hope. It gives me a reason to keep going when I do because it makes it a lot easier for the journey. If I seen somebody to do something, I'm a, I'm, I have a skill and, and I'm a craftsman. But in order to develop my skill, I have to have someone else to show me. I had to go to school to show me how to, how to work my craft and my skill. When I saw how they was doing it, and I did it for a little period, I got confident doing it that I don't even think about it anymore. It's almost automatic. And that's the, what the foundation and the, and, the, and the word of God and people of God is all about. I'm going to show you principles of how to navigate. I'm going to show you how to maneuver and, and work your way around different situations. And if, if I were able to make it through the grace and the mercy of God, you can too. And, you know, and it gives a person a lot more confidence to be successful. So my head goes out to the men and women that that burial is on the wall down here. Uh, I pray things are going well in their life, but it's just a sign that you can be successful, even if those people are not doing what they what they're uh, doing right at this time. I'm say it now, even though they may have fell through the cracks and they may not be doing right now, but at one time they were. You know, Hebrews talks about that. I'm going back to Bible land and Hebrews said we've been surrounded by such great a cloud of witnesses. We too can lay down all that weight and sin, that doubtfulness, that slow for thinking, that fear, lay down all that weight and sin that's so easily entangled us. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, yeah, because these people might fall. The patriarchs fell. Abraham did some things that wasn't quite right. Noah did some things that wasn't quite right. Moses done some things that wasn't quite right. But God honored them. 
And God did not take his hands off them. Because these men, they were looking unto Jesus. They said, yes, God had a calling in my life. I'm looking unto Jesus. They said that Noah was a friend of God. You know, he stood out there and he built and built and built and worked on the, on the ship his craft. He honed his craft for over 120 years. I can imagine when he first started, he might not have got it right. It just has to be now. And I know somebody going to call me up on it. Hey, you can't call at number 310-9824126. You know, I imagine that, you know, he had never done that before. God gave him the blueprints in his mind, and he actually went on and done the task. And I'm pretty sure that it didn't quite come out right. And God probably told him, wait a minute, this is not going to be sufficient for the journey that I'm setting you on. So let's start over again. And can you imagine if he did that, he could have got frustrated and said, I can't get this right. I don't know what you want me to do. But he kept on. Sometimes when God have us on a path that he chose for us, we don't quite understand it. We have been challenged at every turn. Family members challenge you. Loved ones challenge you. And friends. And then you even challenge yourself and say, really, God, really, God, you really want me to do this? Do you know what people are saying about me? Do you know what I'm up against? And you asking me to go out and do certain things that I'm not familiar with? And then you do a little bit of it, and, and then you be successful. Then you do some more, and it might not come out as well, but you don't give up. You keep on doing it. And before you know it, you'd have done more than you ever could imagine. I think so much as Enoch. And they said that Enoch was a friend of God. This is in Genesis 5th chapter. Selected verses, the 24 verse, look it up. It said that Enoch was a friend of God. But before Enoch had this relationship with God that caused him to be called into heaven, they said that Enoch lived 65 years. He lived 65 years. And they said that Enoch had a family. Enoch had sons and daughters. And I think about that, you know, Noah, uh, not Noah, but uh, Job had sons and daughters. And, and Job's son, the daughter called Job to go before God in prayer on a regular basis. He said, I don't know about they may have messed up, you know. And so Enoch had a family. I'm telling you now, because when we have responsibility, family, and just uh, we just things of this world, we're going to have challenges. And, and it might cause us to lose our relationship with God for a moment, you know, because we might set something out of turn. Somebody cuts you off, you like giving them that magic wave, you know. A uh, 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 mumbling those select words. Uh, somebody may get your favorite order messed up, and you've been in the line for quite a while, and then it'll mess your order up, and you can't go back because you already run late. So now you're mad, you know. And then not only being mad at, at 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 the service person, but then you go to work, you're mad. Then you're mad at the, at your assistant or your helper or your coworker, and then you're mad all day long, you know. And I'm just saying that. Because life comes about with uh, a certain amount of challenges. But Enoch, he had a life before God. But they say he encountered God and he walked with God and he became a friend of God to the point that his ladder became greater than his former. They say he lived another 300 years and he walked with God. You know, back in the biblical days, men and women lived a long time because they ate right, they breathed the right air, and it was it wasn't as much stress as it is now. They were able to sleep. You know, sometimes I had to cut the TV off. I can't sleep because it's always something on the news. It's always wars and rumors of wars and financial collapse and and people uh, uh you know um, 
and society ailments and challenges. And sometimes you be like, wow, man, I need to see, see, see this. But sometimes we need to shut that thing down. And sometimes I have to shut the TV off and get, go to sleep and just pray that everybody be all right tomorrow. Uh, I could catch up on what I missed out. But they said that at Enoch, he walked so close to, with God and so in, in tune with God that he he was raptured up. I like to think about this. You can call me at the number I gave you that Enoch walked so close to God and so in tune with God that people didn't see him no more. They just saw the God that was in him. And I think about how God transformed our life from a sinner to a saint. How people used to, how people seen you when you were in the middle of your addiction or you were on the downside of life, and they saw how you was uh, struggling, and they know that you wasn't no good, and they know that you had many challenges that you seemed to fall short of. But now, since you had that relationship with with your heavenly Father, with the God of God and the Lord of Lord, and you got that relationship. They they know of you, but they don't see you like they used to. I think so much in the Bible when people saw people after having an encounter with Jesus. We're talking about in John, the ninth chapter. And they said, wait a minute. Ain't you the man that was blind? But now you see. You know what happened to you? You know, wasn't you the one that was homeless? And now you have a home. Matter of fact, you're a realtor. You're selling other people homes. I, I remember you were, you were a drug addict. And now you're rescuing men and women from a drug addiction and, and setting their feet on solid ground and sharing the gospel with them. I remember when you were out there slang banging in a, in a gangster, and now you're banging down the doors of hell and snatching the lives of men and women, snatching them from the clutches of gang addiction and saving people's lives, help change a life in Jesus' name. You know, and that's uh, one of the reasons that uh, that I'm so happy to be here at Dallas Life. Because Dallas Life is a uh, shelter that houses men, women, and families. What we do, we do once a year with our annual luncheon. But Dallas Life Foundation does it. Dallas Life does it three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They, ha- uh, they have a... Uh, 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 let's see. Uh, they have a, a place where you can get clothes. They, you know, they have a. Uh, let me put it this way. They have resources that you can use. Okay, so people that come in here that don't have the proper clothes, they can't get clothes. Um, they can get shoes. Um, they can uh, they can fix them when they can go to a drug recovery program here at the center. They uh, you know they have a nine month course that they can go to the programs and. And be restored and, be, and get back with their family. And so it's a great little center to be a part of. And so as you uh, think about how God has been a blessing to you, please be mindful that you didn't do this yourself. Be mindful that God has great things in store for you. And, and let people know what God has been doing in your life. Not so much as you bragging, but just as words of encouragement. Someone needs to hear your story. Someone needs to know that God is no respect of person. What he done for one, he'll do for another. You know, and I'm saying that because I know for, for a matter of fact that God is able to do it. And, you know, I do a jail ministry. I was down at one of the, uh, the prisons here in the Dallas County area. And we was talking about uh, the God in uh, Colossians. 
where God is superior than everything. He's superior than the angels. He's superior than all the authority on earth. He's superior than even our strongest desires and urges, you know. I, I can't think of nothing that I would replace in, uh, for God. And, you know, at one time, I couldn't say that. One time, my job, I love my job. I didn't ever think about God. But in a sense, I was replacing my God, my job for my God. Because I was working all the time. I was thinking about getting money. And, you know, and, and we do stuff like that until we come into the full measure of who we are in Christ Jesus. And God put up with our foolishness. I think so much as Titus 3 and 3, and they said at one time we were foolish, we were rebellious, we were stubborn, we were envy, we were hateful. But when the love of God manifested itself in our heart, and we were renewed and washed and regenerated by the by the shedding of his blood and reconciled to our Lord and Savior. And we find forgiveness. Oh man. That word forgiveness, that speaks out a lot because it took a while. Some people some people are like they can't forgive themselves. How can they forgive someone else? Some people are challenged about things that's going on. And so now you asking me to uh, forgive someone else when I'm having issues with my own self, you know? And so that's something that we have to be very mindful of, that there is forgiveness out there. And, you know, and I was sharing that with our brothers down at the, uh, at the Hutchinson jail, that we can be forgiven. And we're going to play, uh, we're going to, we're going to play an archive session here of one of our, uh, past shows here. And we pray that you're being blessed by what you hear here. And so it's going to come on here in a few minutes. This is James Reed uh, when we were down at the, uh, uh, he came on the program some time ago and told us about some of the uh, programs in which he's had going on with Dallas uh, at, the, at the jail. And I'm saying Dallas Life because James Reed also referred men down here to Dallas Life that just gets out of prison. They don't have a place to stay. And so it's a great uh, center. And, you know, you need to have your, uh, you know, you need to have all your proper ID in order to get here. And then they have security where they, they check you and make sure you're in a safe place. And you can't have any, uh, 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 no criminal background at your, uh, on you that's pending at the time. Or you can't have any sexual assault charges against you because they have, they have kids to sound here. And so it's a pretty safe place. It's a pretty safe place. And so Mr. Reed is going to come on and he's going to share some things concerning the jail and uh, what's been going on. And I'm going to round up a couple of volunteers to help help me uh, share Dallas life with you, gentlemen, and, and women that listen to this program on a weekly basis. You may hear a little nod in the background. That's the staff. They, they're very uh, energetic and they're getting things ready. They're having a special lunch today. For all the past uh, past graduates, it's something they do every year. The same time that we do our lunches, they do theirs, and so they actually will come down and uh, they will celebrate them and just give them kudos for their success, for allowing them to continue to do what they do in Christ Jesus. So, and uh, and it's always amazing that they continue to do that. And I get a chance to see some of the uh, past graduates from time to time. And, they let me know that everything is going okay. 
and that they're still, you know, they're still uh, doing the task at hand. And so we're going to yell the mic right now. We're going to bring in Mr. Reeves, and then you're going to hear a portion of the interview that we've done with James Reeves. To our mentoring team. Foundation. Uh, we was over there yesterday, and we talked to several guys over there that's in the mentoring program. And the guys are truly being blessed, and uh, they are they have a vision, they have a goal. They say, "Hey, we're gonna make a difference." And you know, and before I go any further, I'm gonna give you this number. I would like for you to call to speak to our guests. We have a, a great guest coming up. We have two guests coming up here, matter of fact. And but uh, I would love for you to call in and just uh, say hello to our guests and ask them some questions here. Amen. Uh, number the calling number is going to be one three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. Again, let me repeat that number. It's going to be one three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. Give us a call and just uh, and just say hello to to me or say hello to our guests. And we have uh, Mr. James Reed is coming up here shortly. He's from the Church's Church Prison Coalition, which is a program set up to help to help our uh, our uh, ex-offenders in the aftercare program. Once they get out of out of jail, once they they time have been served, what you do next? You know, what what do I go? How do I get a job? How do I get an ID? How do I get back in the in the scheme of things here? How do I be productive in today's society? And that's what this program is all about: helping those that's less fortunate. Because guess what? Someone helped us. I didn't get here by myself. It was through the grace and the mercy of God, and it was by people that walked beside me and encouraged me and to challenge me to be all that I could be in Christ Jesus. We'd like to say hello to our uh, uh, church family, uh, Shady Grove Baptist Church, Pastor Morgan his and uh, First Lady Sister Yolanda Morgan. Good morning to you. Say hello to our jail ministry team, Sister McBride, Sister Gwendolyn Jackson, and all those that's associated with our women jail ministry. I'd like to say hello to our men uh, ministry, jail ministry, Brother Ricky Henry. Good morning, our Brother Ricky Henry and Reverend Walker. God bless you, Reverend Walker. Reverend Walker is the head of our uh, Trinity Jail and Prison Ministry. He's been laboring for quite a number of years in the vineyard. And guess what? He hadn't finished yet. He's not tired yet. And he continually do the thing that God had put forth for him to do. And also we'd like to say hello to Pastor Terry over at the First Free Will Baptist Church. As well, we host our computer training class. We've been going on over there for, for a year and a half, and the young men are being blessed, and they are eager to come out uh, and to the computer class. And that is so, and that is a blessing because you know you ought to find something that you're excited about. You ought to find something that 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 drives you to do better, and find something that you're willing to share with people. You know, I do a lot of ministry. Not occasionally, I meet people that say, "I ain't gonna help nobody. I ain't gonna." I ain't going to support nobody. It breaks my heart because, you know, I remember somebody helped me. Somebody supported me. And they told me once I got myself together, and I didn't really know what it was all about. They said, man, when you, when you get yourself together, you to go out and help somebody else. And, you know, that same day Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan asked permission to sift you. But when you are restored, Peter, you to go and help somebody else. I got to thinking, man, you know, this is something that's already been selling in heaven, you know. And I got to think about the enemy. You know, the enemy don't want to just take everything from us all at once. He want to sift us. He want to take our joy. He want to take our peace. He want to take our sanity. And you know what? All that stuff have a little attack. Well, you know, people say, man, you ain't like you used to be. Man, you don't have things like you used to do. That's because we, it's been a sifting in our 
in our life. But glory be to God. And I'm going back to God now because this is a religious program, you know. It's an information program, but we but we keep Christ uh, in the in the center of everything that we do. You know, there's a sifting going in here. I mean, the programs like this and programs that we present to you is a uh, is set up to help you stop that sifting for you to be an encourager, for you to be a help of some, to someone else. And now, we're going to bring our guest on here shortly, but I did want to just say hello to our young men over at our computer training class, Pastor uh, Richard Terry that's over there at the Free Will Baptist Church and located in the Duncanville area of Dallas. And now, I have to rem- uh, remind the listening audience and myself, this is an Internet program, so this program goes beyond Dallas County. It goes around the world. We had guests uh, from California. We had guests from Detroit, Michigan. We had guests from North Carolina. And guess what? You are our guest also, regardless of where you are now. You're part of this your program, and you're part of this ministry, and we thank God for it. But as we get ready to uh, go on with the show, and um, we just want to just continue to do what God asks us to do, we're going to uh, dial up our first guest here, Brother Reed here, and we're going to play this musical selection. And as he's uh, and, and as we're calling him up, we would like for you to just be blessed. And tell somebody about us, okay? Just take this moment to call him and say, hey, man, Free on the inside is all, man. They got a great guest on there. This young man's going to come here, and he's going to talk about how to be involved in the jail and prison ministry and the aftercare program. He's with the church prison. All right, we're going to end that interview right there. We're going to pick it up shortly. But right now, I've been blessed with two of the volunteers, the husband and wife team. They've been with us before, and they're part of the jail ministry. What they're going to do is, uh, uh, encourage you and challenge you to be all you can be. Be part of something greater than yourself. They're very active in their own church, but yet they find time to come down here and and, and encourage God's people. Because you know what we always say? Help change the life. And how's that? By just being a servant. Just being a servant. No greater love than a man have for, uh, than this. And love ye one another. We're going to listen to a Brother Tim and then that's when we talk, uh, have his wife to come on to encourage you to be about your father better. Good morning, now, Tim. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Minister Lewis. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity coming down here. And if I could give a word of encouragement to anyone today, it's be just being blessed by my, my personal pastors. And uh, they've been uh, uh, ministering to us, the church, about giving. And uh, our pastor always says it's, uh, anybody can give, but to be able to give with a cheerful heart is what God really uh, requires of us, you know. And it's so easy to give and just give out of uh, duty or at all because the next person is doing, trying to outdo somebody. I know for me personally, I got stuck in uh, that desert where the children of Israel were for about 40 years. I got stuck there because I just started doing stuff routinely. And it wasn't until I found, again, the uh, that place where just giving, giving with a cheerful heart. And not just giving money, but giving up my time. When I don't give and I just get caught up in my own life and my own life circumstances, I get so dry and so in a bad place. You know, even though I can put on my suit and go to church and, you know, play that part, it's just not the same as when I open myself up to God and just make myself available and give. So if I can encourage you this morning, my word of encouragement, my word of exhortation would be to give, you know, give. Don't hold it back. Give God and give God from a cheerful heart, from a cheerful place. And you know, it's just not your money, but your time and your love and 
Sometimes a person just needs an encouraging word, minister to somebody when you see somebody down. My wife noticed a woman this morning when we pulled up here at the Dallas Life Foundation. She pulled next to us, and she got out of her car, and she was crying. And my, my wife's heart went out to her immediately, wanted to help. Is there something wrong? Does she have a flat tire? Can we go over and assist her? And my wife is my hero. She motivates me because she's tired. She, she, she doesn't rest. She's always doing something, going somewhere, giving somebody a ride, going to minister, you know, in different places. And she does it uh, with a cheerful heart. So this morning, I would just like to uh, encourage uh, the people of God just to give with a cheerful heart. Thank you. All right. Thank you, brother. Tim, what a great interview. What a great words of encouragement. Now, the next one, you're here will be his wife, Sandra. Hey, Evangelist, how you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm doing good. Pastor, I'm just really blessed just to be able to be here. Uh, anytime we're asked to participate and put our hands to the plow, we just do it with such joy. Uh, the Lord's been so good to us, and anytime we have an opportunity to serve, we are willing to serve. The Word says that it's better to give than to receive, and and we we just want to give uh, whatever we can and how we can. And it's not always about money. Sometimes people don't have it to give, but have the desire to give. And God honors that, but we're here today just to serve, just to share a little bit of of love. But Jesus, he was a giver. Everywhere he went, he gave of himself. He gave of his time. He gave anywhere he gave. And we're just here just to show God's love, show the character of Jesus, because Jesus' character was giving, was kindness, was mercy, was graceful. And if we could just learn to be and imitate the character of the Lord, then we're doing what I think the Lord wants us to do. And I'm just thankful to be able just to be here today. Thank you, Pastor Lee. Well, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, too. Y'all doing a great job. You're definitely a part of what we're doing here. We thank God for you. Desire to continue to come out. Especially on a morning like this, you know, I always say it's your personal time. But, yes, you gave your time up to be a servant to the Most High, to our God and our Lord, our Savior. You're, oh, man. Uh, you know, it's not enough money, enough accolades we can give you to let you know how much we appreciate it, and God does. So God bless you. We'll see you in a little bit, okay? Yeah. Amen. Oh, what a great interview that we had that those wide team now. And we have uh, our co-host on the line here, Brother Daniel, going to come on in a few minutes. Good morning, Brother Daniel. Good morning, Reverend Lewis. How you doing today? Top of the morning, I'm, do- I'm doing great. Oh, man, we're doing great. We're down at Dallas Life, and as we shared earlier, man, there was a couple of volunteers and everything going well. The menu is all set uh, and the uh, kitchen is almost ready to go. I just took the ice cream out of the freezer and put it in the cooler so it can be nice and soft and ready to serve. And Man, I'm excited. Amen. It's a wonderful thing for what y'all are doing, Reverend Lewis. You know, uh, I believe that uh, God put you uh, in this place. At this time, be at this time today, doing what you're doing to help people. Well, mm-hmm. God bless you. I thank God. I thank God. So someone help me, Brother Daniel, you know, like yourself and other people. You know, we all have a part in building people up, building a part of God's kingdom. Just a smile, just a hello, just a word of, of acknowledgement. Let somebody know that they, that I see you. Sometimes people walk around, they think they're invisible. You know, they think also they the sin they done done or the lifestyle that they Professing to that people don't see them, they become invisible. I let you know that mm-hmm. God sees you. People tell you to let you know that hey, I see you, and I'm not happy where you are, but 
I want you to come to me just the way you are. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Man, that's awesome there, brother. Amen. Amen. And, and, it's, uh, and you know, we have, go ahead. Okay. Oh. Well, you, I, you, I was trying know, to uh, say, I was basically trying to tell you that uh, I, I, I look at um, a couple of days ago, I, I do like a little tour around Dallas. And uh, I see a lot of areas that basically were kind of like, uh, kind of well off, real, you know, kind of upper course, kind of, you know, areas of town. But it seemed like now, all I see now is mostly people living in the alleys um, and living up under these bridges and stuff around, all around Northwest Highway, all the way down over there by Irving, uh, over there by Poppers, you know, where, where we go for eat the dinner over there. All down Northwest Highway is just basically it's a lot of, it's just people basically they don't have nowhere to live, and mostly they're just adopted that's around them. They live outside, you know. And for us to really understand what's happening, there's got to be something that's going on with them basically being placed and find a stable place to live. You know, not only that you don't have a job, basically somebody can get you and groom you and train you in order to adopt a society, but there seems to be, you know, something missing. You know what I'm saying? Because right, I don't think it's too it's too much. It's too many. It's too many. It's too many places. And I know there's, you know, like uh, some people when they get incarcerated, the main thing about being in jail is they can't keep you all the way. They got to let you go. You know what I'm saying? Once they let you go and put you back in the society, there needs to be a vehicle, and I know there is, a way that they can get these get the person have a, a monetary or case management. They call it case management. That you really talk to these people and find out that, you know, I got certain skills. Before I got in trouble, I was a truck driver. I mean, I could, you know, do carpentry work. Uh, I did construction work, uh, whatever they did, you know. But at the same time, you have these these different things that, you know, these different jobs that basically they have this uh this window that basically tell them, oh, we don't hire these people with criminal records, you know. And now I know there's uh, some jobs that do hire, you know. Basically, that's where the case manager comes in at. You know what I'm saying? He shows them because I know there's a lot of people they team together in groups and they hire people with 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 spots on their records, you know. But it's left up to this individual to understand that I have to change. I cannot keep on 
doing the same things that I have been doing for the last four or five years, sometime longer than that. They have to understand that enough is enough. You know, enough is enough. You know, and so, you know, every individual varies. It varies because there's different people. You know, I remember when I was going to school, uh, I used to see being in class with some people. Some people learn fast, and some people learn slow, right? Some people learn from their mistakes. Other people, you see that they take 10, 5, 4, four weeks before basic. Man, I mean, you ain't, I don't know, man. <laughs> You know, and so I put that same approach to my everyday living when I'm dealing with, you know, individuals, you know, that they uh, they learn at different rates. And everybody don't learn on the same plateau. They don't hit the same plateau. I put it like that. Some people hit the top real quick. You see them, they go places, they graduate from high school, they got all A's, they get good grades, good scores in high school. And then they go off and go to school and go to college. They out in, they out in, in four years. Some people get out now in college now in three years, Joey. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's just different, right? I know what we used to go to school for. It's different. I went to trade school, and I went. I had to go like two years, sometimes two and a half. Now they got people going six months, learn what they did in six months, yeah. but it took me two and a half years to do. And I say, wow. The education is great, man, but now everything is such high and, and and it's so acceptable, man, that you don't have to go deep into a lot of stuff. We learned that I, I'm, I'm a craftsman, so I learned how to work on electronics. I'm an electronic. We learned how to replace the actual part. Now, all so you got to do is get close to the part and say, hey, this whole board bad. I'm going to swap the board out and get a new one. <laughs> and all people that become mm-hmm. board swaps. And it's great for the manufacturer because he sells the part. He said, we ain't worried about fixing this stuff. He said, just buy another one, you know. And so it's a lot easier technical-wise, but it causes people to kind of, kind of take uh, their skill level for uh, you know at, at an advantage. They say, hey, I don't have to put in much time and effort to be successful. And, Ricky, and I think that's, you know, that's a challenge because this Christian walk we live in, people, we know Bible and we know scriptures and we know all the church etiquette and how to govern ourselves in church, but so it don't take much effort. You know, long I could do right for six hours at church and then four hours of doing midweek service, and I could be saved and sanctified. But it takes a 24-7 relationship with yeah. God. How can mm-hmm. you really love God when you're mad and without being going to church? Don't say you happy when you're in church for four or five hours at a time. You know, the other time you mad and hateful and don't like anybody. That's, you know, that's crazy, yeah. man. And that's the yeah. society that we live in today. And, mm-hmm. and I know so because I do, I, as I said earlier, I do prison ministry, man. Let me tell you, the brothers that's in prison and jail, they know the gospel. They know God. Yeah. Boy, they can post scripture, they can read, they can, you know, pray. But once they get out, they say, man, I feel powerless. I feel like that the God I've been honoring and, and serving, I feel like that he's unavailable for me now. And I said, man, no, he's there, but it's a trick of the enemy. You have to continue yeah. to work this thing out. You know, because all, yeah. all the stuff that got you in jail is still up. That crazy lifestyle, all those people, 
all that negativity there. It's gonna be there. It's gonna be there until you die. It's a terrible. You know, just think about uh, yeah, just think about your liquor. Everybody had their favorite liquor at, at one time or another. They used to drink. This kind of you quit drinking don't mean they quit making that liquor. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember, I grew up drinking like what's that? Let me call it Slip Smart. Oh, not Slip Smart. Uh, uh, what's that? The Bull. So what's that? Uh, what name was that? The, uh, but it's Slip Smart. You know how they used to have the Bull. <laughs> you know, with that Bull, bull on there, and we used to drink yeah. that man like it was water. You know, cause that's what people did. That was the sign. But now since I, I had drunk over twenty years, guess what? They still make Slip Smart liquor. With they the still make it. Just because I quit. They still make it. Yeah, and now they make it, now they make it a different flavor. You go to the counter one day, a guy came up, put one down, they had a peach. This my little peach. Then they had a strawberry. And then they had a raspberry. I said, my God. You know, they put that in the You know what? You know what? I, I used to look at that. I looked at that. I used to look at that Realm Lewis, and I used to say, uh, he used to have these women sitting up on the beer bottles. I used to, why they put the women on it? That's all a media thing to try to attract people to uh, drinking like that, you know. And and, and you know, that's another thing. So, you know, it's one reason why most of the time most people ask, why am I getting? Only time God can really talk to you is when you locked up, and then He can get your attention. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's terrible, man. You locked you out. You got nothing but time. That's terrible. Hmm? Yeah, and, and and that is so terrible, man. Yeah, you ain't got nothing but time. I got your time now. <laughs> At first, you wouldn't listen to me. You know, God talks to all of us, whether you're doing it or not. You know, He talks to you. He tells you things. But then again, you're gonna use your own life. I'm gonna tell you what happened to me last week. Um, last week I was uh, at work. I had this cash my check. And then something told me, say, Richard, go uh, put that money on the card. I said, no. Yeah. Put that money on the card. I'm going to get in the I'm on the show. I'm going to to you. He told me to go put that money on the card. I didn't do it. So the second time during the night, I was walking around. And I had this big amount of money in my pocket, Joe. And then I'm turning around, and then something told me, put it on your card now. I said, I don't want to go up there right now because uh, it was kind of late at night. And I didn't do it. So I woke up the next morning, Rev. Lewis. I couldn't find it, man. I did everything. I looked all in my different kinds of shoes and all my books and all my papers and everything, Rev. Lewis, you know, God talks to you, you, you know, that my, uh, my daddy used to tell me, man, he said, one that comes before destruction. <laughs> Amen, you know what I'm saying? I don't know why I'm saying it today, but, you know, it's, you know, it's true. You know, the voice, God talks to all of us, it's just left up to you where you listen. And why I'm saying that today that is so like, true. All men today and all our young men and everybody, God is talking to them. And he's sending you and me and those people down there, Dallas lives, and everybody else down there today. They're talking to those people and try to tell them and show them he sent you, you know. 
Yeah. So, hey, hey, you know what's hard is I'm saying today, right now. You know, I wish you I wish you blessings and everything in your in your in your in your gift of what you're doing today, Reverend. Oh man, I thank God. With your uh. You're part of everything that we do too, brother. We don't count anybody out. There's enough room for everybody. So we thank God for you and your participants and your uh, desire to do, to do uh, go about our father's business, man. But, Brother Daniel, I know you got some things you need to do. So we're going to go ahead and we got 15 more minutes on the show. We're going to try to get another uh, interview here. Oh, yeah, okay. And then we'll go on with the show. Yeah. Huh? All right. Well, God bless you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. All, right. Show, All right. All right. Bye now. All right. Bye now. Um, I mean, that was a great interview that was my co-host, that brother Daniel, as he was sharing about his plight, his take on on the things at hand here. And you know, we want to be one for another. Brother Daniel, very gifted and talented. He was with me a couple of weeks ago. We did over at a revival, and I spoke one night, and brother Daniel played some a musical selection the next night. So. I thank God for a friend like that, you know, a friend that I can talk to, someone that I can share things with, and vice versa. You know, Brother Daniel tell me some things, and we come together, we we'll pray, and pray on some things, and, and we'll, then we just kick back and let God manifest his power with both our lives. And let me tell you, God is no respect of person. I'm going to say it again. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. And, you know, this is not just lip service. This is actually applying God's word in your life, girl. You know, you have to be a bunch of father's business. You got to take care of uh, his business and he'll take care of you. You know, as we do our luncheon down here, many, many years ago, God laid it on my heart, you know, and, and the shelter wasn't in the, in the condition it is now, you know, and they were struggling at some things, and, and I uh, I had the ability to assist them, not get them out of there, but just assist them in their struggle. And that's what we ought to do. We ought to assist people in their struggle if we can, if we have the ability. I'm saying again, if you can, if you have the ability, which is the same word, it's used two different ways. But now they're doing a lot better. They still allow us to come down here and play our part. I'm sitting up now in one of the offices that they allow me to broadcast my program in one of their offices, using their computer, using their lights and electricity. They said, Brother Lewis, whatever you want to do, we got a, a room for you. Go in there and do what you want. And I said, man, that did nothing but stable. Most people say, well, this electricity, you got to, you know, you got to pay us for this and, and this and that. But they allowed me to come down here and they allow us to fix the menu. They don't curtail it or ask us what we fix it. Do we have the right people and do we know the procedure? They said, now you come down here and you're doing it unto God. And, you know, and the staff is very gracious and they help us with all the industrial equipment. We use an industrial oven, industrial fryer. We got the uh, food line that's uh, set up like any cafeteria. You got your hot food and your cold food, and then you got your dessert and, and all those things that we don't even use on a regular basis, but we feel comfortable with them because we have people that assisted us. And in your life, in your life, you ought to be comfortable with the things that you are that you're going through because you should have somebody to assist you financially, mentally, emotionally. You got to have someone that you can just talk to and just say, man, I, I just feel so much better that I'm talking to you. Ain't so much as the money, but just about just a comfort, just knowing that somebody is there with you. I could go through some financial heartaches and difficulties if I had a friend 
that can understand my fight that's not going to beat me up. So, man, you should manage your money more better. Just like Brother Daniel was telling about the incident he had with his money. That's my friend. If things happen, I'm just supporting him. and just say, okay, you know, I understand. With, you know, just be careful next time. And he does the same for me. We don't have to beat people up. You know, I do quite a bit of ministry. I do street jail, prison, juvenile. And, I, you know, sometimes I challenge myself when I go places. I don't tell people that they're going to hell. Yeah, you incarcerated. You got 10 years. You're on your way to the penitentiary. You got life. You just killed somebody. You got child molestation on you. I don't have to tell you you're going to hell. I should. But I have a sense that you already know you're going to hell. I tell you that what you, the way you can see it is death. I tell you that you have to reap what you sow. I tell you that God is in charge of everything. I tell you that there's a way out of this way, out of that lifestyle. Not that you're going to be released from this uh, from this uh, physical prison, but from a mental prison. Because we put ourselves in jail. Our mind is all messed up. We run around thinking that God is mad at us. But I tell these brothers that there's a better way out. I let them know that they just sin. I talk about they start crying. They know they sin. But I also say that salvation is available. Choose you this day who you're going to follow. And they want to follow the Lord. And they can do it while they're incarcerated. But once they get out, that same God that they're seeking to serve, there's a better for them today. At that moment, God could meet them on that road. You know, and I think about the, the disciples, a couple of disciples that went to Jerusalem or that Passover, and all of the Jewish community would come together to honor Passover. Jesus came in, riding a coat, and people were laying uh, 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 reeds at, at, at the pathway and throwing uh flowers and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. The Lord is with us. And they was encouraging him. And then a few hours later, the next day later, they were, they were highly crucify him, crucify him. Those same people that lift you up will be the ones that try to pull you down. But glory be to God that he changes not. And I try to think about those disciples on the road to a mayor. They was confused. They were bewildered. They were just at a loss. They expected great things to be happening. They heard about how Jesus came, and they wanted to get away from the physical oppression of the Roman Empire. They thought a new, a new uh, uh, time was going to be ushered in, and the Messiah was going to be there. The physical being of the Messiah, he was going to come and overthrow the, the powers that be for Jesus. That's Jesus, the same one that walked on water, that same one that fed the five thousand with the fish and the loaves, the same Jesus that caused Lazarus from the grave, that same Jesus was arrested, was beaten, was crucified, that same Jesus that hung up on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, hung his head and lock of his shoulder and died. But on that third day, they say he rose with all power in him, and the Bible professes that he risen. We serve a risen Savior, and he rose. And 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 a lot went on that day. But the disciples was on the road to Emmaus. They were going back home. They was bewildered. They were confused. They were hurt. They didn't know what to do. You ever been to a worship service, 
and you've been bewildered, confused, and hurt, not knowing what to do, knowing that God is up to something, but you don't feel like it's no change, knowing that God is changing life, but he kind of miss you. And these disciples was walking, and Jesus had to be on the roadside with them. And he walked up with them, and he said, Brother, what are y'all talking about? And he said, wait a minute, are you such a stranger? Have you heard what went on in Jerusalem that, uh, that they crucified this man named Jesus? And we thought that he would be the, the one, the Messiah. He'd be the one to change. And then he, he got to tell them all the things that he's doing. And he got to tell them all the things that he had uh that was concerning him in the gospel. And they asked him to come on home. Are you willing to invite Jesus home with you? Are you willing to take him in the midst of your circle, your family, friends, and loved one? And I'm saying about professing that you say is an all-knowing, all-powerful God, professing that there is a Jesus, a Lord and Savior, that he forgave you for your sin. Are you willing to have that relationship with Jesus. And they said his disciples went home with and Jesus went along with him and invited him in and he'd sit there at the table by dinner time and, and they talked for a little while with Jesus. They asked him to pray because he was a guest. They wanted him to bless the food. So he started praying and, and he had it and praying with such power. He was praying with such a glory that at that they as he prayed over the bread and he prayed over over the meal of being served, that they eyes were open. Oh, I love that. I love that. Because I feel 35 and said, God would open up those blinded eyes and unstop those deaf ears. Their eyes would open, their ears would open. What does say the Lord? And they said that they were so excited that they went on, left the table, and rushed back. Jesus had disappeared in their midst. And they rushed back to the room to tell them that he is risen. The lady that already told them, the disciple, they went around to the tomb when they saw it was empty. Well, they went on back and said, he has risen. You know, there ought to be somebody in your life to profess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that he has risen. And as we get ready to wind out this program, I want to thank you once again uh, for listening to the program. I want to thank you for being a part of what we're doing. Thank you for help changing life. Thank you for all the volunteers. That's here today. Thank you for the ones that gave us financial support that allowed us uh, what we do to continue to go on. Free on the Inside Ministry is a ministry that truly is about taking care of God's business. Being free on the inside, because we all have our own problems, our own, uh, our own uh, pain and, and struggle in life, but we're going to let those things go so we can be a servant of God. Jesus up on the cross, he could have done, could have came down. If people, they hurled his stuff at it. They beckoned him to come down. But he had that freedom. He said, for Christ, I, for God I live, for God I die. I'm going to hang up here on the cross. I encourage you to stay on your cross. And your cross is just being a servant. Sometimes people don't understand it. Sometimes you may not get no support. But as, a, as we say in Christian land, I've gone on the cattle of a thousand hills. Try him and see. Taste the Lord. But well, he is good. I, as we get ready to wind down, again, you listen to Free the Inside Edition. We're down at Dallas Life. So, Shell for Downtown Dallas. Uh, 
after we're serving lunch today. That lunch menu, oh, my God, I didn't get to the potato lunch menu. We're having barbecue meatballs, uh, equus sausages with potatoes and uh, carrots and uh, and and the fixing to go with it. We're having coleslaw. Uh, we're also having the uh, baked beans, and then we're having uh, ice cream with some uh, uh, cookies and cakes on the side. And so we're having a great time. We're having a great lunch. Looking forward to us uh, getting together again. I'm going to post this episode of our show so you can go back and listen to it, along with some pictures also. So keep us in prayer. Great Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Dear Lord, we thank you for your great and how they develop you for another day. skills and talent. We come down here, dear Lord, and, and, and do what we do. We thank you in the name of Jesus, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord, for continuing to open the doors up here at Dallas Life. Thank you for the volunteers that came down to be a part of what we're doing, dear Lord. We pray that what we're doing is changing the lives of men and women. We pray that what we're doing is, is encouraging men and women to be about their father. But dear Lord, we thank you for Dallas Life for allowing us to come down here once again. We thank you for the staff that has been so gracious and allowed us to work in the kitchen. Dear Lord, we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.